Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 33rd edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty in the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical out foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebound. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys. We are officially less than three weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. Today we're going to get into the AP poll that was released earlier this week. And also react and break down the ACC poll um, that was released uh, as well. But before we do all of that, we start with our pod thought of the day. And I'm going to give this pod thought credit to Sean May because I took it from his Instagram. He did not credit where he got the pod thought from. So we'll just give Sean May um, the credit for it pretty early to be getting as an assistant coach to be recognized as the pod thought of the day initiator. But nonetheless, Sean's Instagram said, uh, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. I think that might have been his own, uh, his own. Does that sound like something Sean would say? Is that a, is that a Mayism? It could be a Mayism. I think so. I think there's a possibility that that's a Mayism because I'm going to be honest with you. I've never heard anybody else use that. That may also be a Royism. I think it's a so a variation of a Royism. Nah. But uh, nonetheless, really good stuff. We'll give him credit for that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's I saw that about. late last night. I was scrolling through the gram, saw it, got inspired to go to bed. Those were... <laughs> Those were some fun. Those were some fire photos, by the way, yeah. from uh, late night. Uh, they they uh, they they caught some really great ones. The one of the host uh, B dot that they got of him with all the cell phone lights. That was fist, that was phenomenal. That was a great one. So uh, yeah, that was it was great to see all those those types of photos, and everybody seemed to have a, a really enjoyable time, especially the head coach. Yeah, it felt. And look, there's always been great energy at late night, and there was great energy the other night when we were there. But you could tell with those guys, it's a new time, it's a new era, there's a new head coach. They 
then themselves are going to be rejuvenated in a lot of ways because a lot of what they're doing is still some of the old stuff, but it's with the new twist, which makes it new in a lot of ways. So there's your pod thought of the day. As I mentioned, the AP Top 25 poll was released on Monday, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll run through the whole poll really quickly. Gonzaga's your preseason AP number one. UCLA comes in number two. Kansas three, Nova four. Texas comes in all the way in at five. Michigan six, Purdue seven, reigning national champion Baylor's eight. Duke nine, Kentucky 10. Illinois 11, Memphis 12, Oregon 13, Bama 14, Houston 15, Arkansas 16th, The Ohio State 17th, Tennessee 18th, Carolina comes in all the way down at number 19, Florida State 20, Maryland 21, Auburn checks in at 22, St. Bonaventure 23, Connecticut 24, and the Virginia Cavaliers check in at 25. I put the emphasis on Carolina all the way down to 19 because I thought that was a little low. Um, We did an edition of the pod earlier this summer where I posed the question, is Carolina being um, underrated during the season? And I gave you a list of power rankings where Carolina checked in. And most of the reputable, like your ESPN, CBS, has had them top 15-ish. Then you had your back-end secondary blog sites, still great content, like busting brackets of those guys, low teens, even in the 20s. I thought with the additions that Carolina had coming back, um, with uh, the transfers, I thought Carolina was going to be a preseason top 15 team. But I think it's it's like I've stressed to many different people when we talk about Carolina in the season and why they're not being rated as highly. They're bringing back a lot of the pieces that you got to have to win in college basketball. They're returning experience at the guard position. They're returning, ex- you know, front court depth with Armando Baycott. You add Garcia, Brady Manick. But they're coming to play for Hubert Davis. And we don't know what that looks like as opposed to the 18-year sample set that was predecessor by the 15 years at Kansas with Roy Williams. Yeah, I, I mean, I... <sighs> It's it's really hard to be angry about where they're at because, I mean, look at the results the last two years. You're with the new head coach. I mean, it makes a little bit of sense of, of, of where they're at. Um, I mean, I guess you could kind of look at some of the teams that are in front of them and just, you know, look at the current roster. The other thing that, I mean, people have to take into account here, and this is why so many people don't like preseason polls, is if you look at the talent that this Tar Heel team has this season, this is definitely a top 15 team. Based on what we've seen from some of these guys in the past and the growth that you're projecting from some of these guys that were on the roster last year and were younger pieces of that roster. So, yeah, I mean, you'd look at that and say that's a top 15 team, but at the same time, you could look at the results over the last couple of years and the fact that you lost a Hall of Fame head coach, and people could probably make the argument, hey, why is this team even ranked in the top 25? Like, I I mean, especially like you you look at them and then you look at a team like Virginia ranked 25th. It's like, well, I mean, look at how consistent they've been over the last however many years. I'm not really getting how they're that low on that list. That's, 
I mean, that's that's the thing that you look at. But to me, I feel like this is actually pretty a pretty solid area for them. I think this is a good area for them to start because it doesn't put too many expectations on them out of the gate and under a first year head coach. Um, it is going to maybe put a little bit of a chip on their shoulder where they say, "Hey, we look at the guys out here and we think that this is a top fifteen, top ten team. Um, they barely see us inside of the top twenty. Let's prove to them that." We're a much better team than what that preseason ranking means. But again, the ultimate thing is it's a preseason ranking. It doesn't mean anything, especially in college basketball. College football, maybe you can make the argument because what is it like? It doesn't one, matter. One team has made the college football playoff from the pre outside of the top twenty-five in the preseason poll. In college basketball, it means absolutely nothing. It, I, you could go from a team that people thought we're going to win single-digit games to being one of the best teams in your conference, and you will be ranked appropriately. It is such a long season. There are so many more games for them to look at. So ultimately, it's not something that you should be too concerned about if you're a Tario fan. If you want to get fired up because it's a preseason list, hey, we all do that. We all like to get angry about that. Feel free. But this is not something where you should be looking at that ranking and saying, well, they're ranked 19th. That probably means that they don't have a shot at winning a national championship. That's not what that means by any stretch of the imagination. I think a, a big thing I took away from the poll, um, you got four ACC teams in the poll. But your highest-rated team is ninth, and that's Duke, who out of the top 25 teams that are listed, them, us, Florida State, and Virginia, there's probably more unknown with Duke because of their style of play with the with the freshmen coming in. Now, granted, they're going to have the, the most pure talent in the league, but they've had the most pure talent in the league for the last 10 years, that doesn't equate to winning. Wait, so you're telling me that Duke <laughs> – let me get this straight. This Because this this never happens. You're telling me that Duke might be a little overhyped in the preseason, even though we don't know a whole lot about him. I mean, how many times have we seen that before? Wait a second. The last 10 years, uh, maybe even more than that, in the preseason polls. Yeah. I mean, this is a yearly thing with them. It's just – I, I was I was caught off guard with not you probably gotta go back you probably gotta go back to the eighties where there wasn't a preseason top five team in the AP poll. I mean, is there any team in this conference that you think is legitimately worthy of No, that? I'm just saying that just shows you first right. off how long this conference has been the standard in the sport. Mm -hmm. And so when this happens, it comes as a shock to the system. I think it's good for the ACC because everyone was they, they want they want to prop up the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. But look, they they've been really good conferences the last couple of years. But I do think the ACC is poised to have a big bounce back season. Well, despite here's the what other this thing. preseason poll had to say. I was talking with one of our coworkers, um. Travis Hancock, who works for the, the Mac attack in Charlotte, and he was saying, you know, when he looks at it, is this not the most wide open it's felt like college basketball has been like in a while? There's a case well, for just about every team. We say that time. every year, though. I don't think – I mean, this year, like what – I get – maybe you think Gonzaga's going to be great. They've never really proven it. I mean, yeah, they got to the – they've, they've been to the championship game twice. They went 38-1. 
doesn't matter. Didn't finish the job. I will not trust them to finish the job. I think if you get into that national title game against them, you can beat them because they are not a team that is prepared for that type of stage. I think that might be a reflection of Mark Few, but I, I, I don't. To me, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. College basketball that was a once in a generation team last year. It's it's wide open every year. I do think the thing that's going to make it even more so wide open as you add in another year of the transfer portal really kicking in. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I had the stat a few weeks ago when we got the ACC schedule. A third of the active players in the sport enter the portal this year. Now, granted, some of them return to their places, right? but a third of the rosters across the entire sport enter the portal. You add in the super seniors – and there's a yep. lot of them in the ACC. There's a lot of them at some of these big-time programs via the transfer portal as well. So that veteran aspect that we talk about in the tournament, a lot of teams are going to have that now, not just certain, a, a handful. So I, But, I mean, we've been saying the sport's been wide open since 2012 Kentucky when they won the national title. I don't know, though. I have to agree with them that this seems like – because, I mean, usually in the preseason, you can kind of pick out one or two teams that you feel the most confident about. Are there really those teams this year? I don't yes. I don't have those. Uh, I don't think anybody is really that much better than UCLA, the the Kansas, and Villanova. If if you don't think those are legitimate final four contenders, I mean they are, but you've got to reevaluate your evaluation. Just about every other one of those teams inside of the top ten uh, if you told me they made the Final Four, that would make a lot of sense to me. I don't see anybody in the top ten that I look at and say, nah, I can't see that happening. I, I mean, maybe even the top 15. Like, it feels like this is a wide open year. Now, part of it is that, yeah, you really don't know what some of these teams are going to look like. There could be some teams that are ranked really highly that could be very similar to what we've seen in college football this year where they take steep drops off because they're rosters that have a bunch of transfers on them. They're rosters that you know, have some super seniors coming back, but there may be younger guys that want to play bigger roles on the team, and that could create some friction. You could see some of these teams, because you don't know that much about them, you, you could see them have some struggles early in the season. Uh, Jim Laranega, who was talking to uh, our guys at FNZ, your guys actually in the midday show on FNZ, he said that 47% of the players that are in the ACC this season were not there a year ago. So they're either coming in via transfer or as freshmen. I mean, that's unheard of. You've never heard of that much turnover. So this is going to be a big challenge for a lot of these coaches, even some of the best in the country. If, if college basketball isn't indeed as wide open as people may believe it is. I don't think it's the most wide open it's ever been. We're in store for what's going to be another fun year. And there are two sports that we know in America that are going to deliver from the start of the season to the end of the season. That's the NFL and that's college basketball because the unpredictability isn't matched uh, in any other sport we have here. Um, And it's going to be a lot of fun. Mention the ACC teams that are ranked. Let's talk about the opponents at Carolina. We know we're going to play where they come in ranked. They got two top seven opponents for sure. 
Michigan coming in at six. Three. You didn't you didn't list UCLA by Oh shoot, I forgot. by accident. Way to call me out on air. So you got UCLA hey, at two. I'm just saying that's the biggest one. That's the number two team um, in the country. That'll that's all be I'm saying. The CBS Sports Classic. That'll be in Vegas. Yep. Yep. Michigan comes in at six. That'll be in Chapel Hill, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Purdue comes in at seven. That's the first opponent Carolina will see at the Hall of Fame tip-off in Unkinsville, Connecticut. Then they could potentially face preseason ranked number four, Villanova. And then Tennessee, who came in one spot ahead of them, right there at 18. So you've got three for sure preseason top ten teams on your schedule, potentially four. At a minimum, you could you could face five preseason top 18, team, 18 teams um, outside of the teams you're going to place in conference with Duke, Florida State, Virginia being uh, preseason ranked as well. All that to say, Roy Williams may be gone, but the hard scheduling is not. I I still agree with the method. Um, it, it means that Carolina is not going to go undefeated in non-conference play most likely, but this is a marathon, not a sprint. You're getting your team prepared for the ACC gauntlet of now 20 games, then that six-game stretch in, in, in the NCAA tournament when you're trying to make a run out of Final Four and a national championship. So there's your AP top 25. You know, just a refresher, Carolina coming in right there at number 19. I mentioned the ACC released – their preseason awards and stuff like that for the upcoming season. They also released the media poll as well. Carolina came in preseason ranked pick to finish third in the ACC behind, of course, Duke. And then Florida State, who was interestingly enough preseason ranked in the AP poll behind Carolina, but they were picked in the ACC poll to to finish in front of the Tar Heels. This marks the seventh time in the last nine years that Duke has been preseason awarded the ACC title. That gives them a combined seven preseason and regular season ACC titles as they failed to win the ACC outright since 2006. They haven't won the league title since 2010 when they in then they shared it with Maryland before they went on to win the national championship. Armando Baycott was named to the preseason all ACC team. Caleb Love, a guy we're expecting to take a big step forward this year, was named to the preseason all ACC second team. Outside of Duke being picked to win the uh ACC regular season. Yeah. Um because now I I I think Carolina's going to win the ACC. I wouldn't have picked them. I would have picked Florida State ahead of Carolina. Well, you had it was uh, you and five people in the media agree with that. Which brings me to Josh Graham's point. Oh no. Oh, jo- oh Josh. Josh Graham. This is a guy that for the most part I enjoy his takes. Him and I are lockstep in hating on ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips. So him and I got a lot of that going for each other outside of being named Josh. That's that's the one reason that you want him on the and, podcast. And, and working in radio. But to dole out the possibility that Carolina isn't going to win the ACC and to call out the five people that you wanted to know believe they're going to win the ACC, I'll give you one, and that's Nick Wilson because he said so yesterday on air. If Carolina wins the ACC, there aren't going to be that many people sitting there with their minds blown that the Tar Heels won an ACC title. They're third in the ACC preseason polls. I don't – like, you shouldn't be shocked of any of those. I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't be shocked of any of the top four. 
If you told me Virginia won the conference, I would not be shocked at that. Florida State wouldn't be shocked at that. Although, there's a reason. Like People are probably wondering, well, how is that team, with how good they've been the last two years, how are they ranked 20th? They lose four of their five starters from last year. So they're going to have a lot of turnover. Um, And then, I mean, clearly Duke. I mean, look, you knew they were going to pick Duke to win the conference. This is Kay's final year. They've they've got a ton of talent. I mean, Banchero, this is... I mean, this this guy's getting the hype that Zion Williamson got. I mean, they legitimately think that this guy is going to come in and absolutely dominate all aspects of the sport. And, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it worked pretty well with Zion for them, but they didn't win a title. And I feel like that's probably the same spot that they're going to be in this year because, as we know, experience matters when you get to March. They don't have much experience except Joey Baker, who they wasted a redshirt year on, um, which will always be brought up because that's just hilarious. Great management there, Kay. Um, yeah, no, I don't get that mindset, though, of thinking that it's impossible for Carolina to win the ACC. No, it's possible. Is that an expectation that you should carry into the year? And if that doesn't happen, then you should be – Angry, you should be saying, well, maybe Hubert Davis isn't the right guy. No. Angry, yes. Questioning Hubert Davis as your head coach, no. I, I mean, I don't know. To me, if you if you finish third in the ACC this year, because first of all, I don't see any way the ACC is what it was last year. There is not going to be that much parity in the ACC this year. I, I think that you are going to have your top team step to the front in this conference once again, and they are going to beat the crap out of these little guys. This is not going to be what we saw last year where middle-of-the-road teams are going to come out of nowhere and pull upsets. I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen this year. If Carolina finishes third in the ACC, in my mind, that's telling me they probably win 13 games in conference or more. That's where I'd kind of be at. That's I, a really good season. I I think 13 is going to be enough to win the ACC because I think 13 and 7 you think wins the ACC? I think it could be enough. There's going to be more parity in this league. I don't see it. Um, I really think that Virginia Tech is is going to be really really good because they return a lot of dudes and they my my problem isn't that he didn't pick Carolina win the ACC. There's a logical reason why you don't pick Carolina. But to make it outlandish that they they're they're not capable of winning the ACC to me is outlandish. They've probably got the second most talent in the league right behind Duke. Do they have the depth that maybe Florida State has? No. But they've got all the pieces that say legitimate contender. So I, I to me I found that I, I found that baffling. And I think that's somebody that's going off of what has happened the last two years way too much. And well, then not you're not looking, doing your job right. They're not. Hey, they're not. It, it, he. They are not looking at the fact that this is a completely different roster. I mean, the the turnover is pretty massive for this group, and they're going to play a different style. They're under a new coach who is going to run a more modern system, which. People like him. I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't listen to his radio show. Frankly, don't really have time. Uh, but th- this is probably one of those guys that was talking about how outdated 
Roy Williams' system was, and that was one of the reasons why they were losing. Well, now you're getting a more modern head coach, a guy that wants to bring more modern elements to this team. If you think that he is going to bring that, but you still think that this team is going to be the same team from the last two years, I, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, that's just not – it is going to be a different team. Now, is there a scenario where this team could struggle and yes. they could – yeah, I mean, they could definitely be right around where they've been the last couple of years. That wouldn't shock me either. But at the same time, yeah, to act like there is absolutely no chance that that happens – Come on, let's let's not kid ourselves here. I think that there are some good teams around them in the ACC, but I'm going to be honest. I think the ACC this year, I mean, maybe there's other teams that jump up. I think this is a six-team conference. I think it's Duke, Florida State, Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse. I don't think anybody else in this conference is going to be all that great. I think I can guarantee you that your conference champ will be one of those six. I think it, I can I can pretty much guarantee you it's going to be one of the top four because I don't think you wanna, Syracuse. You want to put a paycheck on it? I don't think Syracuse and Virginia Tech are coming up. Okay, who do you think out of the rest of that group? Oh, I just want your money. Well, I want the potential to get your money. That's not going to happen because first of all, you don't believe in any of these other teams in the ACC, and I know you know because you've already said Carolina is going to win the ACC regular season. I said that in July. But still, yeah, you're not making that bet. No, I'm just. You would also, you know, I'm you, not betting my paycheck. You, I'm just betting your paycheck. Either I get your paycheck to who? Or, to me. Now that doesn't work. Either I get it or you get to keep it. Now that's now. Now there's no there's nothing in it for me at that rate. Now 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 I'm about to get really angry. Carolina not being picked on the ACC. I got it. Josh Graham's. Uh, justification, I didn't quite understand. This has happened multiple times, and Carolina's been the recipient of this a handful of times as well, and I disagree with it then. Uh, Duke's incoming freshman, as you just mentioned, Paolo Banchero, was named the preseason ACC Player of the Year. You, just off the short list, I put on our rundown over Armando Baycott, because he's a Tar Heel and we're a Tar Heel podcast. Over, over, you're really mad that it's over Kerwin Walden. Um, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a legitimate issue with conferences and the media voting a freshman who has never played a uh, a single minute of ACC basketball the best player going to be the best player in this league. I'm going to tell when you when two thirds of them. Still probably never seen his high school tape to have a legitimate opinion of the type of player he's going to be. It is. It's irresponsible as your job as a reporter, journalist, radio show host, whatever it is. And also, it's just disrespectful to do it in this league. Do you want to do it in the Big Sky or the Mac? I don't care. <laughs> Wait, which one was that? The Mac. The Mac. But, or the Mac. Or the Mac. Or, or just the regular Mac. But to do it in this league that has had a – since it was incepted in 1953. Oh, oh, boy. It's been the best basketball conference from there to 2021. We now welcome ACC historian Josh Arbol We've done it Marlo. with Zion. Carolina had it with Harrison Barnes. <laughs> I don't We're, get Wait it. a second. Were you mad then? Yes. Now you weren't. 
It's it's disrespectful. Give it to them. You want to have a preseason freshman? This is going to be the top freshman in the ACC? That's fine. I think they have that. But to give them the outright best player in the ACC, I've got an issue. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really care. I think it's great. Let him have all that pressure of being the preseason player in the of the year in the conference. Being, I mean, are we sure that they're not going to look at him as probably the preseason favorite to win the Naismith Award? Like, they legitimately think this guy is as good as it gets in terms of of, of college players I, these days. I don't care if he if – he, I look. I'm not rooting for the kid to not be good. I don't want Armando Baycott winning this in the preseason. I it's, look. It's, I it did not work out great for Garrison Brooks last it, year. It's more so, just the precedent that you're setting, and it's look. I don't agree with it. I don't understand how it really makes that much sense. I was the guy that the people that voted DJ Uyunglele in in football a guy that was relatively unproven and wanted him to be preseason player of the year. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me how somebody that you haven't seen play extensively in this type of environment for at least a season is seen as the best player in your conference. I'm with you on that one. But to me, I really don't care. You want to vote this guy preseason player of the year in the best co- the best basketball conference in the sport, you go ahead because that's a ton of pressure that's going to be on him, and he can try to soak all that up. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see this guy as being this. Like th- at this point, they are looking at him as a Zion Williamson type presence at Duke. I don't see. I, I, maybe it's just because he's not the highlight real guy that Zion Williamson was. You don't really see a whole lot about him being bragged about throughout the summer over and over again. This kind of came out of nowhere. Like we we knew because Carolina recruited him, and he's a hell of a player. I mean, we I, I watched his his highlight tape when Carolina first offered him. Um, he's a hell of a player. He's going to be a good player. Carolina's going to have their hands full when they play this guy, but. I don't see him as this dude that might be up there with the greatest to ever play the sport. He's getting all these accolades like he is, though. And to me, let that happen. You you want to you want to put all that pressure on this guy? You go ahead and let that happen because some guys can handle it, some guys can't. I I'm I mean I'm not sure. Maybe he is a guy that can handle it. That's a lot of pressure on a dude that is not only going to be the best player on a preseason top 10 team, he's going to be the best the best player on a team that still doesn't have a lot of veteran players and is going to be playing for one of the greatest coaches in basketball history in Mike Krzyzewski to try to lead that team to a national title in his final year. That's a lot of pressure on him. Add this to his plate. Hey, I'm fine with it, man. That's that that works for me. But I mean, look, Armando. It's I just wrote Armando because of the the connection to Carolina. You've right. got other he, players in this league. He received 12 votes, which was third. But who are you going to put me in? Maybe Kevy Aluma. Maybe you put him up there from Virginia Tech, or or I mean, you I you may be a Buddy Buckets guy. I just had but. 
anyone but an incoming freshman. If it was, let's say, a redshirt freshman that had suffered an injury and was able to redshirt the year, but you've seen him play, right. not a problem. You've right, seen right. him play right. in an ACC environment. You haven't seen that yet. And I, I just wish, collectively, all media, we just quit doing it in a time where these kids are under enough pressure and scrutiny as it is with the the emergence of social media. These kids have NIL deals. That factors into it and all that kind of stuff. Make it easier on these kids. I don't have a problem if he if he earns the award giving it to a Duke guy. I'm not gonna come in here and complain about it if he's the best player. That's why I don't care. Over the course of 35 games, put the pressure on him. That's great. Let him crumble under the pressure. That'd be fantastic. The thing that see this is the thing that doesn't make sense. This is what makes me a little more angry. How do you put him as your player of the year in the conference? But then when you look at the All ACC voting. Buddy Beheim gets more first-team votes than him, and Keve Aluma gets more first-team votes than him. How does that make any sense? How did? How is he? If he is that good of a player, where you make him your preseason player of the year, how is this guy then not automatically the top vote getter for preseason All America All ACC? Excuse me, first team. How does that make sense? It doesn't. Not getting that. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> uh, before we do that, we uh, here, here's a message from this week's ad from DraftKings. Then we'll come back. I'll yell a little bit more, and then we'll get out of here for this uh, this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There you go, guys. Hope you are taking great advantage of, of the offers that we've been promoting here through DraftKings, who is, of course, the sponsor of the podcast now that we are on the Basketball Podcast Network. As I mentioned, some notes before we do officially wrap up today's show. The NBA season tipped off on Tuesday. It's the 75th season of the NBA, so, of course, they are doing a lot of uh, commem- com- commem- I can't even say the word. Uh, commemorative. Commem- commemorative. Yeah, commemorative uh, stuff throughout the, the, the basketball season, starting with their 75th anniversary team. Former Tar Heels, James Worthy and Michael Goat Jordan, they were named to that, that list. Um, there will be a lot more stuff coming out that is going to involve 
maybe some of big games, James, because he was a big part of that, that Lakers dynasty there in the 80s. There's going to be a lot more notoriety um, from the league for Michael Jordan as they go through what's going to be a special season for the NBA. Speaking of the NBA, as I mentioned, the season has tipped off. Make sure to follow former Tar Heels. They're on a variety of different rosters um, throughout the um, the basketball season. Um, guys like, uh, you know, you got uh, Harrison Barnes, who's now entering his 10th season in the NBA. Kobe White in Chicago, a big year for him. Cole Anthony enters his second year with the Orlando Magic. Could be a long one. Theo Pinson is now the leading cheerleader for the Boston Celtics. I think is where I he believe is, that's where he is where up. he has landed up now. But Dayron got a shot at a title yep. with the Nets. Don't believe he saw the court last night. If he did, it wasn't meaningful action in the in Brooklyn's getting thumped of um, by, by Milwaukee. Hey, at least he's there. Kyrie ain't there on uh, on national television. So where's Danny Green at now? Um. I shouldn't ask that question. I I do not. I Hold do not on, we'll look at it. Well, I'll I'll look it up here. You keep rolling. Over. Um, last thing, some more recruiting notes. Uh, UNC has offered 2023 front court player forward slash center that more modern four or five guy, Akil Watson, um, who happens to be the teammate of now committed five star Simeon Wilcher. So. Uh, Ooh. Hubert Davis trying to, you know, double dip and get two players from the same school. Um, another front court player. I know a lot of people are going to wonder, what's that mean for Gregory Jackson? It means that Carolina wants two guys in the yeah, front court. Yeah, I don't think that means absolutely anything for Gregory Jackson. I think that Gregory Jackson has been their primary guy. They would, if, if it comes down to a situation of we have to take one over the other, they would probably take Gregory Jackson. Also, I think the way that this roster is going to balance out, it's going to be, I think, very even between guards and front court players. It's not going to be 75% guard and then 25% front court player. If it can get as close to like 50% with both, because some of your front court players are going to be threes that sometimes are playing the four, it's not really going to matter at the end of the day. Well, the front court depth also isn't tremendous. It's or, not. Let's not act like the front court depth is just this stacked and we're going to be forcing guys out. Let's say Armando Baycott has this tremendous season and shows the NBA what he needs to show them, and he leaves after the season. You're going to want another body in there to be able to help you out going forward because more than likely that would mean that you have to go out and probably get someone in the transfer portal if Armando leaves after this season to then pave the way from these other guys that are coming in. Also, remember we've had a multiple talks on this podcast over the last couple of months about with Will Shaver reclassifying, do they need to look for another guy in the 2023 class? Well, they've got another guy that they're looking at here. The, so The thing I've loved the most about Hubert Davis is he's been aggressive and he's landed big-time guys, but more importantly, he's being proactive for every situation that could possibly happen in today's ever-changing environment that is college athletics. Well, that's going to... Uh, By the way, Danny Green still with the Sixers. Okay. He's not going to win a title because his teammates hate each other. 
That's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before we let you go, get you guys to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where we are closing in on the start of turning the page and getting you ready for basketball season. We'll be previewing the front court and the back court. We got an article up about Carolina's uh, ACC preseason media predictions. Um, so we're starting to filter in the basketball content on the blog side of things. Football. Um, we're on a bye week, thank God. Um, Carolina's coming off a rather disappointing and disheartening or, you know, uninspiring 45-42 win over Miami. You can go back and check out the recap, trench report. There will be a stock report up about that game as well. There will be a, co- uh, a commitment article coming up as Carolina tries to land five-star offensive tackle Zach Rice. No matter what happens, if he comes to Carolina, if he doesn't come to Carolina, uh, there will be an article up on the website about that. We'll also be doing mid-season grades for the for the position groups on the Tar Heels. That will be a, a blog and a podcast um, edition on that as well. For us on the podcast side of things, you can find us on every major podcasting network. Megaphone is where we're hosting now, but we're on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, you name it, the Four Corners and the Heel Tough blog podcast are going to be there so go and subscribe to both for your best uh carolina football and basketball content but that's what we want you to do we want you to subscribe that way every podcast right there and your podcast library right now just about one pot a week but we're starting to filter in um i've got a guest joining me for the next edition of the pod Ooh. we're going to start previewing the season with our normal rounds of guests that we have that come on here to talk to us about the tar heels and then once the season starts it's full go there will be previews recaps guests all types of pods coming out during carolina's basketball season their first basketball season under hubert davis well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.